podcast. I'm Michelle Santos, one half of Just Between Us Gals, and I'm going solo once again this time since Alex is still MIA, working, working, busy, busy as usual. Um, Like I said before in our last bonus episode, this is probably going to be coming more frequent, uh, these solo episodes, a little bit more infrequent timing, just kind of feeling it out. I'm I'm busy as well. I'm still, you know, in my last year of school, focusing on my assignments. Uh, I'm going to job interviews. I'm applying for internships. So I'm hella busy as well. Um, So the timing of these podcast episodes might be a little bit more infrequent. Um, I'm going to start posting them on Sundays as opposed to Mondays now because I work on Mondays. um, So it's becoming a little bit more difficult. Um, And hopefully, eventually, Alex will be back at some point, um, I'm hoping, so that we can continue these awesome conversations. But I just was missing filling you in on all the latest hot topics. So this is why I've been doing these bonus episodes to kind of keep you updated. And um, so, yeah, uh, stay tuned. Whenever you hear from us, we'll let you know when another new episode, whether it be a full episode or a mini episode come is released, we'll let you know. Um, so for starters, um, this episode's kind of a continuation of the last episode. There's been a lot of updates since then. Um, last week, uh, I think it was three weeks ago that I posted the last bonus episode um, where I talked about the Felicity Huffman scandal. And when I posted that episode, it was right before her sentencing was uh announced and since then we now know how long she'll be actually going to jail um she was felicity huffman of course who pleaded guilty in the college admission scandal um was charged to charged with uh fraud um she pleaded guilty to honest services fraud and she was sentenced two weeks ago um to 14 days in jail um which caused a lot of controversy because I think a lot of people uh, believe she deserved a hell of a lot more. Um, she also was fined $30,000 and is ordered to take 250 hours of community service upon her release from jail. Her sentence doesn't begin until October 25th, so she still has about a month to chill out before she has to go to jail. Um, I'm conflicted on this. Uh, I love Felicity Huffman as an actress. I'm a huge Desperate Housewives fan. Um, I think out of all the parents involved in the situation, she was one of the first to step forward and take culpability um, for what she did, as opposed to Lori Loughlin, aka Aunt Becky, who is still trying to fight this out in court and claim that she's innocent when clearly she's not. Um, But at the same time, 14 days in jail, when you think about uh, I believe they were looking at three to ten months, and then her lawyers were suggesting zero to six, um, and then prosecutors ended up suggesting 30 days, and then she got 14 days. So it just kind of decreased, decreased, decreased. Um, she released a final plea to the judge right before her sentencing, explaining how being a mother was has been really difficult for her because her daughter, uh, Sophia, who was the child involved in this situation who, uh, by the way, 
for those who may have forgotten, what Felicity Huffman did was she paid $15,000 to get her, uh, her SAT, her daughter's SAT scores fixed, basically, um, to improve her daughter's SAT scores. Apparently, according to her, her daughter has some sort of learning disability, uh, which has made it difficult for her. Her daughter wants to just become an actress. So she felt like, you know, getting her into a good school, she was struggling with math. And who cares about math when you want to become an actor, apparently? So she thought it would be no harm. Um, but, you know, of course, we all know it was. So that was what happened. Uh, but she talked about how her daughter had this learning disability and how they struggled with it. And I mean, it still doesn't make what she did wrong, right or wrong. Um, did doesn't make it uh, right. Um, and I really don't think, I mean, I guess it may have helped with her sentencing. Maybe that's why she only got 14 days. But I think for what she did and for what she owned up to, 14 days is still a lot in a certain sense. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, oh, she only, she got such a light sentence because she's famous and she's rich and she's white. Um, but there's been another parent, uh, involved in this case that got sentenced after her that got a father who got four months so as these and he also pleaded guilty early on like she did um so i think as this goes along um you're going to start to see heavier sentences i think there's a scale and it's case by case felicity huffman it was only fifteen thousand dollars in comparison to more bigger bribes that some of the other parents were involved in lori lachlan half a million dollars um she owned up to it really early on. She pled guilty right from the beginning. She owned up to her mistakes right from the beginning. I don't think her doing that last little plea to the judge about how it was a struggle to be a mom to a daughter who has a learning disability, I don't think that helped her in any way. I don't. I think that it made her... She was on the right track with me until she did that because it made it sound like, oh, she was really like trying to get out of jail and it's like... Look, you're not going to get out of jail in this situation. So for someone like Felicity Huffman to get 14 days, that means no parent in this situation is going to skimp out on jail time. For sure. For sure. And I think, like I said, the next parent got four months. As this goes along, I think it's the sentences are going to become heavier and heavier as you see start to see how much money was involved in each case, the severity of each case. So that's why I say with Lori Lachlan trying to fight it out in court, honey... I can see her doing years, years. I don't see her uh, getting acquitted for this. I don't see her being found not guilty for this. The evidence is there. Half a million dollars to pretend like her daughters were in the crew team and photoshopping pictures of her daughter. That's a lot of money. Half a million dollars in comparison to only 15000 that Felicity Huffman did. Um, so if Lori Lachlan and her husband Massimo think that they're really going to get away with this this time... I highly doubt it. And I think they should be really scared that if someone like Felicity Huffman could get 14 days in jail, that they're going to get a hell of a lot more if they're found guilty. Um, Felicity Huffman's sentence does not begin until October 25th. So she still has about a month to kind of chill out and, uh, you know, hang out with her family. There's been conflicting reports about what prison she's going to be going to. Um, Apparently, she wants to go to this prison that's in L.A. that's closer to home that some people are saying that's a bit of a lush uh, prison, <laughs> like it's a rehab or something. Um, that's like a vacation for four, 14 days. Look, two weeks might go by fast, but 
she also has to pay $30,000 and do her community service. I hope that the 250 hours of community service that she does is is involved with education somehow or with, with helping children because um, that would make a lot of sense and I think would be really helpful. Is her career going to be impacted by this? Probably. Um, I ho- She's such a great actress that I hope one day she can get back to good graces. I mean, you know, she's not a murderer. She's not a rapist. She owned up to her mistakes. She's doing her time. Um, This is the time that the judge gave her. So I can't say, I don't think we can be mad at her uh, for only going to jail for 14 days. Because I think whatever sentence the judge would give her, she would have done the time. If the judge said a month, the judge said six months, I think she would have done any time. Um, That's not her fault. That's the justice system in America's fault (laughs) for only giving her 14 days. Um... So I I hope that eventually one day her career can bounce back. Her husband, William H. Macy, his new season of Shameless, he's, I think it's like their 10th season of the show, uh, is premiering in November. So, you know, he's still working. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it impacts his career in any way as well. But I think it's going to take her some time when she gets out of jail and does her time. I think it's going to take a lot of time for her to work her way back into the business I wouldn't be surprised if she does like a post post jail interview like good morning America or the today show or something like that or Diane Sawyer or something like that um just to gain back publicity um but yeah so it looks like there's going to be no parent in this scandal that's going to walk away scot-free jail seems to be the minimum whether it's 14 days a month a year so watch out, Lori Lachlan, because she's it's coming for you next. It's coming for you next. And she made a terrible mistake not pleading guilty from the beginning because she could have. Lori Lachlan would be I'm laughing at her right now because if she had just pled guilty like Felicity Huffman did, she probably would do like a month in jail. <laughs> now she's fighting it in court and probably facing years. So you're stupid. Um, speaking of Felicity Huffman, also this has become kind of a joke recently. Um, the Emmys were last week and there was a bit of a joke or a jab at Felicity at the Emmys. Um, the commentator, um, I forget his name. Um, he's a, he's a well-known actor, but he was the commentator for the, the announcer for the Emmys. And they kind of made these jokes coming in and out of commercial. And, uh, he made, (laughs) it's kind of a funny joke. It was kind of a diss. Uh, saying after the comedy categories came out, he said, uh, "Just want, our producers want me to give a shout out to all our for, any of our former lead actress not, uh, winners, past winners, who um, are facing uh, jail time or something like that. Those fourteen days are going to go by in a jiffy or something along those lines. <laughs> kind of a jab to Felicity Huffman because she won lead actress in a comedy series back in two thousand five uh, for Desperate Housewives." Um, so yeah, I think it's going to take a minute for her to get back into the good graces of Hollywood, but she's such a great actress. She's an Academy Award nominated actress that I think she can do it. Aunt Becky, not as good of an actress as Felicity Huffman and in a much deeper, bigger situation, it'll be tougher for her for sure. Um, so that's all I really have to say about that. Um, We'll see. I would love to see her in an orange jumpsuit. Um, can't wait for when she actually goes into jail. And I can't wait for her post-jail interview where she cries and talks about how bad it was for 14 days. Um, 
So yeah, speaking of the Emmys, last episode, I did a rundown of my Emmy predictions and I watched the entire show, making sure to see if my predictions were right. I was kind of right, kind of wrong about some of the winners. I was way off, I think, in the comedy category, um, for sure. So the big winner at the Emmys last week was the for comedy series was Fleabag. Fleabag won the most uh, Emmys with four major wins. Um, it won Best Comedy Series. This is Fleabag. Won Best Comedy Series, won Best Actress for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And she also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge also won for writing and Fleabag also won for best directing. So basically won all the major, major comedy categories with the exception of the best actor and supporting actor categories. Supporting actor categories went to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel actors, Tony Shalhoub and Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein, this was her second win for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, I kind of had hinted that Fleabag might be a big, uh, a big, uh, competition because it's become such a popular show recently it's a british show started in the bbc i think uh and it's now on amazon here uh in north america um phoebe waller bridge she's becoming a really big star right now she created the show and uh obviously writes for the show and she also created another popular show that's moved over here that was from bbc killing eve which was nominated in the best drama category that stars sandra O oh and jodie comer so this phoebe waller bridge is definitely someone to be watching um i say this also because phoebe waller bridge kind of robbed julia louis dreyfus of a big uh emmy's moment so julia louis dreyfus who's been starring on veep for the past seven eight years um was could have made Emmy's history last week had she won again for lead actress in a comedy series. Um, she for the most Emmy wins, male or female, by a performer ever. So right now, Julia Louis Dreyfus has eight Emmy acting awards, tied with Cloris Leachman, male or female, most Emmy award wins with eight. Had Julia Louis-Dreyfus won for this final season of Veep, she would have had nine and held the record for the most Emmy Award wins in history uh, by an actor. Um, And unfortunately, Phoebe Waller-Bridge took that opportunity away from her um, by basically sweeping the comedy categories. Veep, who I thought, you know, has always been a fan favorite by the Emmys, has won, I think it won Best Comedy Series like three times uh julia louis dreyfus has won six times for just this role in particular she's won three two other emmys prior one for seinfeld and one for uh new adventures of old christine but she has won six emmys in this category in the past so i did think maybe it would go to her again because it was the final season of veep but unfortunately veep came out empty (laughs) did not win a single major award surprisingly i think i love when every few years there's a sea change at the emmys the emmys tends to for a few years keep awarding the same shows i think for five years it was modern family modern family won best comedy series five years in a row until finally veep broke through and won on the sixth year um there's always that show that kind of and then veep went on to win every year every year every year and i kind of like when there's those surprising sea change moments and now you have a show like fleabag that won practically everything on the comedy side 
um, really taking over that reign. So it'll be interesting to see. There isn't going to be another season of Fleabag, according to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. There wasn't even supposed to be a second season. So it's not like the show is going to continue to win for years and years to come unless she decides to surprise everyone and make another season. Um, but it was, I think it's sad for the Veep fans, not me, I'm not really a big Veep fan, um, that their final season didn't receive a single award. Uh, on the drama side, I predicted Game of Thrones to sweep and they didn't sweep the way I thought they were going to sweep. Like I said, HBO, I thought was going to be a big winner because of their final season of Veep and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones did win best drama series for its final season. Um, apparently, I think it's like the first show to do that or not the first show to do that, but it's it's uh, to win in its eighth season. That's what it is. The Game of Thrones is the first drama series to win best drama series in its eighth season. So I guess some shows when they get to their eighth season, they don't even get nominated. So that was a big feat. Um, I kind of suspected because even though there was controversy with the final season of Game of Thrones and how it ended and some of the fans were disappointed, it still was very hyped up. So I did believe that they were going to it was going to win best drama series. However, it didn't sweep the other categories like I thought it did. Game of Thrones had 32 nominations in total this year, and uh, it didn't win in the major categories. It didn't. It only won Best Drama Series and Best Supporting Actor for Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage now holds the record for most Emmy wins by Best Supporting Actor uh, with four. He's won four for Game of Thrones. Um, but in the other categories, I mean, you have Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas's wife, and uh, Maisie Williams, they lost. Gwendolyn Christie lost. Lena Headey lost. Um, pretty much every other actor on the show lost their awards. So I was really surprised that Game of Thrones didn't sweep. Ozark seemed to be a big winner on the drama side. Jason Bateman won for Best Directing. Julia Gardner won for Best Supporting Actress. But it kind of went everywhere. Um, lead actor in a drama series went to Billy Porter, which that was amazing first openly gay actor to win best uh, lead actor in a drama this was also his first emmy nomination ever so now he has a tony he has an emmy he also has a grammy so he's an oscar away from winning for becoming an egot so shout out to billy porter for that getting that accolade um and lead actors in a drama went to jodie comer for killing eve so last year uh, i um beating out her co-star sandra O. Oh, who's also on Killing Eve. Um, that was a bit of a surprise twist. I like Sandra Oh, um, but Jodie Comer apparently is really great on Killing Eve. She plays the killer. Um, so it kind of went, the drama category kind of went everywhere, um, as opposed to the comedy category sticking with um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and, and uh, Fleabag. Um, in the miniseries category, that kind of went all over the place as well. I was uh, there were some really good shows in the limited series, like I said, Fosse Verdon with Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams did win her first Emmy um, for lead actress in a limited series for Fosse Verdon, playing Gwen Verdon. And she had a very powerful speech about equal pay and how FX paid her equally to her co-star um, that you should check out on YouTube if you can. Uh, Escape at Danamora, I heard good things from Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. Amy Adams received her first Emmy nomination and lost once again. She loses every award she's nominated for. And then there was When They See Us, but Chernobyl 
came out to be the winner for limited series and i had heard good things about it it's based off of real story um but i didn't really think about it winning so that was a bit of a surprise for me not a surprise though was best television movie going to bandersnatch the black mirror movie i mean obviously i think that was a top winner just because of it was like the first of its kind of this interactive series um to watch and like it's a choose your own adventure movie if you haven't heard of it where have you been um so that didn't surprise me winning television movie in terms of the acting categories in the limited series or movie it kind of went all over the place like i said michelle williams for lead actress in a limited series um surprisingly lead actor in a limited series went to a young new actor jerell jerome for when they see us he was up against mahershal ali an academy award winner sam Rockwell, an academy award winner benicio del toro hugh grant um so that was a big category of big names and it really could have gone to anyone but jerell jerome young actor check him out in when they see us which is the movie about the central park five it's on netflix um it's a mini series actually um he won so shout out to him on his first uh emmy win i'm sure we're going to hear more from him and then in the supporting categories patricia arquette as always uh she had two nominations this year lead actress for um uh escape of danamora and then supporting actress for the act she won for the act which is the movie uh about oh i forgot i forget the name but it was that young girl whose mother abused her and she killed her mother because she made the little girl um, think that there was a problem, uh, that she had all these illnesses when she didn't. So Patricia Arquette played the mother in that movie, The Act, and um, she won for that. Um, Joey King was nominated for lead actress, but did not win for The Act. Um, Supporting actor in a limited series went to Ben Wishaw for A Very English Scandal. Didn't really care much for that category. So those are like the major categories. I just wanted to point out some support, uh, some of the category wins in the Creative Arts Emmys that really surprised me. Um, we talked about how there was, uh, I think, the Variety Specials. Um, Variety Special pre-recorded. James Corden won. Let me just tell you who his, um, his competition was um hannah gadsby nanette which i don't know what that is springsteen on broadway wanda sykes not normal comedy special and homecoming a film by beyonce now i really thought homecoming had this in the bag homecoming walked away with zero emmy wins um alex and i have talked about homecoming in a previous episode i can't remember which episode number was but you should go back and listen to it homecoming was not just a documentary it was not just a coachella performance it was a movement it was a moment in history and should have won this award and the fact that carpool karaoke when corden met mccartney live from liverpool won instead literally a, sh- a, a show of james corden sitting in a car with little hand cameras singing along songs with paul mccartney it's a great special they go to liverpool they see paul mccartney's old house but in comparison to the amazing artistry of homecoming and the art and the oh my gosh the 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 work that was put into homecoming the dancers the the historical background the uh the the connection to hbcus historically black colleges 
everything that Beyonce thought of for that, that I'm sorry, that should have won. And I'm really disappointed. And a lot of people attacked James Corden for winning this award of all people. I mean, not only just Beyonce, but Springsteen on Broadway. And he was up against some really good uh, uh, programs. And for him to just win, I think was really unfortunate and kind of, I don't even know what the Academy was thinking. Beyonce always kinds of get, kind of gets shafted for these kinds of awards, even the Grammys. She's never won uh, a best album Grammy and that always really disappoints me. However, for variety spe- for a live variety special, I was really, really happy to see um, the Norman Lear All in the Family Jefferson special winning that award. It was up against the live variety specials typically um, are award shows like the Golden Globes, the Grammys, the Oscars, the Tonys. And then the Rent, uh, the Rent Live special was also nominated in the category. And typically, like, the Oscars usually wins or, like, one of those award shows. But I'm so happy that the All in the Family Jefferson special won. I thought it was so brilliantly well done. For those who didn't see, it was stars like Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei and Jamie Foxx recreating episode and Wanda Sykes recreating famous classic episodes of All in the Family and the Jeffersons live uh, in front of a studio audience uh, live on TV um hosted by jimmy kimmel and um as someone who's a big fan of those shows i've been watching reruns of the jeffersons currently um on uh on television uh, and i've seen some episodes of all in the family um i'm really proud that this special really won because it was really well done and the actors were all really casted perfectly especially marissa tomei who's um, playing edith bunker and i really recommend you check that out if you haven't seen it so i was really really happy about that um i don't think there's anything major from anything major to talk about um any in any of the other categories i think i covered all the major bases um in the guest acting categories the drama went to handmaid's tale actors cherry jones and bradley whifford and the comedy went to mrs Mar- uh, the marvelous mrs Maisel actors um jane lynch and Luke Kirby. So yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was also kind of a big winner on the comedy side with Fleabag. Um, There was no host this year at the Emmys too. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. And that was something I talked about last week of how that was going to go. And uh, it actually worked out well because the show actually finished at 11 o'clock, which I was very impressed by because most award shows go half an hour overtime. And this time, I think it only went like a minute after 11. So having not having a host definitely sped up the process of the show. There were some good presenters. I think the opening was a little bit awkward if anyone hasn't seen it. So basically the show uh, this year was on Fox. So it opened with Homer Simpson saying he was going to host the Emmys and he walks out and then a piano falls on his head, kind of like Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Then Anthony Anderson comes up and goes, what the hell kind of opening was that? I'm going to save the Emmys. I'm going to find someone who's going to host. And then they bring out um, the actor from Breaking Bad. His name escapes me. Um, Brian Cranston. That's the name. Um, They brought out Brian Cranston um, to basically talk about the medium of television and whatnot. Um, I did find it funny afterwards. The first presenter was Ben Stiller and he was discussing the history of comedy and it was all these wax figures of famous uh, comedians like Lucille Ball. And then at the end of it, uh, there was a hypothetical um i'm putting it in quotes a bob newhart uh wax figure but bob newhart's actually still alive and it was bob newhart um i thought that was kind of funny and a little like a little nod to um famous comedians 
in comedy. But other than that, it wasn't a, a, a great big opening. This was the lowest rated Emmy Awards in history. Only 6.9 million people watched, which is the first time the Emmys has ever gone below 10 million viewers. And it was a 32% drop from last year. So I think although not having a host um, kept it on time and kept the show moving, it it didn't keep it interesting for me. Um, it just kind of seemed like, oh, okay, we're going through the motions. We're going through category by category by category. There wasn't a specific moment that was um, memorable. Um, and I and it didn't. I don't think it was promoted well. I don't think people were really interested in watching the show anymore. Um, or maybe they watched it the next day, or maybe they're watching it online or finding other ways to watch it. But uh, I think the fact that it's the lowest rated, and not just lowest rated, but the biggest drop, 32% drop of, of viewers from last year, um, was really a really assigned tale, that uh, a sign that these award shows are uh, slowly disappearing on us, <laughs> so to speak, which is sad because I love them, especially the Emmys, because I love television. Speaking of television, um, it's fall, fall premiere season, and um, I been watching all the premieres and one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is doing uh tv recaps and it's sometimes been hard to do them with Alex because we're we haven't always been on the same track with shows but Alex isn't here anymore so uh, I thought I'd go ahead and um discuss just a couple shows that premiered this week um this is us it started its fourth season this week um and introduced some new characters um that really confused the heck out of me (laughs) Um, so there's three new characters. There's Jennifer Morrison's character, who is um, a, a war veteran, a war hero, comes back home from being um, in tour, uh, in duty, and uh, ends up being separated from her husband because she has PTSD and beats her son. Had no idea who this character was. Um, there is an African-American family with a young boy. Uh, father works um, in a mechanic shop. Um, don't know, didn't know the connection between that. And then there's a a blind man who falls in love with a waitress and they get engaged and she gets pregnant. So these are three new characters that seemingly have no connection to the Pearson family. Um, but as we all know with This Is Us, there's always a connection with the Pearson family. And, um, it was a bit hard to follow. I feel like This Is Us is becoming so hard to follow because of these time jumps. So the end of last season, they jumped they were jumping ahead into the future and we saw old Rebecca and um, it left, it's, it started before it was all about the past going into the present. Now it's the present going into the future. And sometimes it can get kind of confusing of like, okay, what year are we in? And adding these new characters kind of confused me more. And so try to follow along with me. Jennifer Morrison's character and the African-American family, they take place in present day. Um, as the beginning of every season, the peer, the, the big three, um, has their birthday. So this year they turned 39. When the series started, they were turning 36. So it's been three years. Um, the Jennifer Morrison's character, the veteran, um, her name is Cassidy, I think. She, she Her connection to the show ends up becoming, she goes to a, a VA meeting um, to discuss trauma. And uh, Nikki, Uncle Nikki, ends up throwing <laughs> throwing a chair um 
into through the window of the meeting so that's where we find that connection and even though we don't really know much of how this connection is going to work um the police calls kevin to come get nikki and bail him out so i think going forward there's going to be a connection there between kevin and this new this new girl probably another new love interest i feel like every season kevin has a new love interest there was sophie and then there was um the cousin um uh from last season uh so now i think there's (laughs) um beth's cousin i mean uh so i feel like it's probably going to be another love interest for kevin maybe a hint to her maybe she's the one for kevin because in the future last season we 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 got to see a glimpse of kevin's children that are seemingly much younger than um randall's children and kate's son so um that's probably a, a, a plot twist they're trying to work towards. I'm going to make that guess that this this character might be the one for Kevin or is the mother of his future, future children. Uh, the African-American family has a son. And in the end of the episode, the son meets Deja, who, uh, for those who don't know, is Randall's uh, adopt foster daughter at a party because they just moved to Pittsburgh because Randall um, won the Congress uh, race. Um, the mayoral race, excuse me. Um, so now they've, they've moved to Pittsburgh for that. Um, so I think there's, so there's that connection, a love interest for Deja. And then the biggest surprise plot twist, the blind man, what's his, I was trying to figure out where he fit into the story because up until this point, it was all present day. So I assumed he was also in the present day and I'm like, who is this guy? And it turns out, no, it is not present day. This man is Jack, um, the son of Kate and Toby in the future, who is blind. Because in the present day, we find out that as a baby, he has not developed his eyesight. He can only see shapes and shadows. Um, So that was the biggest plot twist, um, that his character takes place in the future. Um, And it's good to see that he, he ends up, he's a songwriter and ends up becoming this big, um artist this big artist artist um which i think is great because his grandmother rebecca was a struggling singer who never made it his mother kate wanted to sing um seemingly still hasn't made it into anything so it's nice to see in the future there's some hope that this jack jr gets his spot in the shy uh his uh spotlight and finds love and is gonna have a baby so it'll be interesting to see that but it does get really confusing I'm sorry. These time jumps are getting really confusing. This is us is supposed to go into it's, it's supposed to go into six seasons. Um, this is the beginning of its fourth. The creator says it, they have a six season plan. I don't know how much more I'm going to take. They're just going to keep growing this Pearson family weave. Um, Alex dropped the show a long time ago. She's <laughs> she says she doesn't watch it anymore. And I can see why. And but I'm the type of person that once I start something, I have to finish it. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, so that was the premiere of This Is Us. Another show, one last show, I just wanted to recap that because Alex and I used to talk about this all the time. How to Get Away with Murder premiered this week as well. I watched it yesterday. Um, it's the final season of How to Get Away with Murder. And spoiler alert, um, if I haven't already said spoiler alert for the other recap, spoiler alert again if you haven't watched it and are going to, this season's mystery is who killed Annalise? Hashtag who killed Annalise and the flash forward shows uh, a group of people at a funeral 
in the picture is Annalise. Um, this is very like who killed Bryce Walker on 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> like literally the same, it felt like the same kind of image. Um, who killed Annalise? Of course the series is gonna end. I mean, if she is really dead, I can see how that makes sense. Because um, it is the final season and I figured the show was going to end with someone dying and why not be Annalise? I have a strong feeling though with everything that Annalise has been through. Maybe Annalise killed Annalise. <laughs> and this is like, there really is no mystery. Maybe she just killed herself. Like that's my theory. Um, in present day, Laurel is still missing. Uh, her son, Christopher, still missing. They're still trying to find uh, find them. Um, there really was, it was kind of a boring premiere episode. It was more emotional. Uh, Emmett, her, uh, their boss, a, a partner at the law firm, died at the end of last season, um, seemingly killed himself from a prescription overdose but some people don't believe that um the other girl i can't remember her name the other one the other lawyer she's now moved up to being partner it was just kind of that kind of stuff and then and annalise at the beginning of this episode was in rehab for an uh, for an addiction for addiction because as we found out after laurel went missing last season she started drinking again and then that led to cocaine use so she went back to rehab she only went to rehab for like a week and then came home um, but it was there wasn't anything major in this episode. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where this goes. As we know from last season, the FBI has been kind of uh, on these kids' tails uh, with the Operation Bonfire, trying to connect all the murders together. So it'll be interesting to see um, where this goes. Um, but honestly, this whole who killed Annalise thing, I feel like nobody actually killed Annalise and Annalise probably just killed Annalise. Like she, like I would, I could see herself just killing herself at the end of this because she's just been through so much. And if you really think about it, Annalise has never actually killed anyone on the show. She's been covering up other people's messes. Like everyone else does the killing and then she covers it up. <laughs> so I can imagine that she probably just killed herself. Um, so that's, all I have to say about that um, in the coming weeks, I'll probably keep recapping those shows, maybe other shows that I'm watching that I think are interesting. Um, with that being said, I think that wraps up this week's episode, mini episode. I love fall season because it means TV recaps. And since I'm here by myself, I can recap whatever show I want. Um, thank you for listening. As always, you can follow Just Between Us Gals at jbug podcast on twitter and just between us gals on instagram we're also on facebook just between us gals um subscribe to us on apple podcasts and on soundcloud um you can follow me michelle santos at mish p santos on twitter and instagram and i'll give alex's credentials as always um you can follow alex on twitter and instagram alx coombs or on Twitter, underscore ALX Coombs. I don't know if she's still using that one. She has two. Underscore ALX Coombs or ALX Coombs. Same difference. But on Instagram, it's just ALX Coombs. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned in our future for another bonus episode. Can't wait.